Welcome to the Doubled Up Podcast, the weekly podcast talking all things trainers, sneakers, kicks, creps, whatever you call them, wherever you are in the world. I'm Matt and with me as he is every single week is Scott. Scott, how you doing, mate? Yeah, not bad, not bad. I feel like I'm getting a bit of Christmas fatigue already. You know what I mean? Like, I love Christmas, but there's so much that goes on and so many, like, just people to see and things to do that it just, I just feel tired already. Like, we haven't even got there yet. When you said Christmas fatigue, I thought you meant, like, you know that time where, especially for you as a teacher, because you only work three days in the year, um, like, especially for you, like, a couple, a good couple of weeks before christmas you're like you must be on the brink of half term like surely surely half term is next week yeah next week's the last week yeah so i'm exactly the same i've got a couple of weeks off over christmas so next friday is my last um week in the office until the new year so i when you said like christmas fatigue i thought you meant like there's one week left you can't really be bothered to do your work like for you you're probably wheeling out the television and kind of getting the crayons out or whatever like do, do, do teachers still do that at the end of term like do you still have a wheelie tv not a wheelie tv we have these things called smart kind of screens you know like a basically a just a smart interactive whiteboard you know that the technology's come a long way matt yeah, but it's not as it's not as I mean if you've got if you've got a TV in your It's not as dramatic. Yeah, I was going to say like if you if you saw your teacher wheel in that big black TV where it squeaked like when you were pushing it like you knew you were in for a fun lesson. So I feel as if actually <laughs> technology is disadvantaging our kids, but that's a whole new topic for a whole other day. But yeah, no. Um I'm actually the complete opposite of you, Scott. I'm getting very excited. I'm not in Christmas fatigue or whatever you are calling it. I've had a fantastic week. Got a new car this week. A couple of weeks ago, I said that poor little Ed, the KA, died. So I've got a new car, a uh, much newer car, a Ford Fiesta this time. So all I've realised is I've gone from a KA to a Fiesta. In a few years' time, I'll probably get a Focus. And by the time I'm 50, I'll be ready for like a saloon um, <laughs> Mondeo or something like that. I'm kind of like working my way up the Fords. Um, but yeah, I've got a, got a brand new car. Uh, my nan named him Ollie because she's a massive Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer fan. So um, we've gone from Ed the KA to Ollie the Fiesta. So I'm I'm absolutely loving life. I, I, I'm ready for Christmas, mate. I'm ready for Christmas. I'm, I'm not as fatigued as you. Yeah, no, I'm ready for it. I think it's just, it's like it just already, like I've already been double booked about five different times because everybody tries to organise things on the same days because everybody has the same time off. So, yeah, it's just like trying to organise things and all that. And at the moment, it's nativity time in school. So that's been great fun. Um, I just wish it was as seamless as the film and actually as funny as the film as well, because <sighs> just no, no. You're in a bad mood today, aren't you? I'm in a bad mood. I'm just, Is it it's because just... They are, did they ask you to be the donkey for the nativity again? Is that what happened? No, actually, I offered to be the donkey and they turned me down. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> That's when you know you're. If you're that shit at the nativity that you can't even be the donkey, then <laughs> wow. Um, I, I feel as if I feel as if on that that is a perfect note to to move on to getting our guest in. The fact that Scott isn't even good enough to be the nativity <laughs> donkey, and we're going to swiftly bring in some talent into this podcast. Um, Scott, I'm actually very excited uh, for this week's guest because today 
we get a little bit of an opportunity to, to shine a light on someone who normally helps shine a light on other things. Someone whose work um, you've probably seen on Instagram, social media, blogs, etc. But you might not necessarily have known that it is this person that is the mastermind behind the design. Um, and as you know, Scott, I'm a man of the people, so the people have to know. Um, you know our guest as at JPEG Archie on Instagram. We just know him as Archie. Archie, welcome to the podcast, mate. Hello. It's um, It's been nice talking to you guys over the last few weeks, and uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good chat. I mean, we say this every time. Our guests say that way too prematurely. You need to just like... <laughs> I'll ask you again in an hour or so and I'll say, you're still having fun, Archie? And it will probably be a very different answer. But no, I appreciate you, mate. We've been looking forward to having you uh, on the show. Like I said, it has been a couple of couple of weeks back and forward trying to arrange dates and things like this. So uh, very happy to, to have you on the podcast, mate. Very much looking forward to uh, chatting about everything that you do because we said there uh, in the intro that uh, some of the work that you've done is absolutely amazing and we're going to get onto your work very, very shortly. But Archie, we start these podcasts every single time we have a new guest with the same question and that is tell us a little bit more about yourself mate we want to know as a trainer sneaker podcast whatever you want to call them we want to know a little bit more about your trainer history so do you mind taking us way back to the beginning when is it that you first started getting into trainers what was your earliest kind of trainer or sneaker memory well obviously i'm fairly young still i'm only 21 but i'd like to consider myself someone who's been in into trainers for a fairly long time considering um i probably i'd say i got introduced to the whole kind of sneaker scene uh, around 14 sort of 14 15 um i think probably my first pair that i really really sort of fell in love with was probably oreo jordan fours yeah that's probably around that's an interesting around 2014 i'd say that's an interesting one because i again we interview quite a lot or talk to quite a lot. I hate saying the word interview, uh, but we talk to a lot of obviously UK sneakerheads or, or UK trainer enthusiasts. I always, it's always funny with the, the UK, what to actually call it. Like, cause we take so much stuff from America, but we still call them obviously trainers. So, but um, a lot of the time it's either like say Air Maxes or maybe a couple of people got into Jordans, but the Oreo Jordan 4 is a very unique shoe to be like, that is the one that got me into it. So, were you into kind of Jordans beforehand or was it a matter of like you saw the Oreo forum was like, holy shit, what is this? I need a pair. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I've kind of always been into Nikes, I suppose, uh, as long as I've been into secondary school, I suppose. Um, and I've always really worn Air Max Air Forces growing up. Um, but it was sort of when I kind of found out about Supreme, probably 2013 maybe started getting into the clothes and then naturally after that started seeing these cool shoes and then it was really around the time the oreos dropped that i was like yeah and no, i definitely prefer sneakers to the clothes and then really just started focusing on those instead so it was more the fashion side of things that or the streetwear yeah, side of things with. that got you into it and then when you were already in yeah. there you were like oh well if i'm wearing supreme I should probably also wear some nice shoes. Oh, I prefer the shoes yeah. to the Supreme, and it kind of flipped yeah. reversed a little is that, bit. Is that the first person we've had that actually went that way around? I think most people, it's been... Maybe. It's always been like kind of seeing brothers, sisters with shoes and never really kind of, yeah, gone for clothes first. Because I know quite a few people, like Supreme is always a good kind of gateway, especially for kind of the kind of yeah. younger people. Um, you know, some of the guys I used to work with, they 
they weren't interested in shoes, but it was always like they had the latest like North Face Supreme collaboration and all this. And then Yeezy started taking off and it kind of, they just kind of gradually moved into it. And then out of nowhere, they were wearing like the 10. And I was like, what are you, what is this? Like it escalated very quickly. But yeah, I think that's, it, uh, see, I like that way of getting into it. It's, uh... well, I suppose the first, the first point of contact with just streetwear in general probably would have been rap music. So realistically, that was the first time I'd really been aware of that sort of, you know, cool stuff, I suppose. Um, and then naturally after that, after sort of Tyler, the creator, those sort of people wearing streetwear, then I kind of got into Supreme and then from there into sneakers and yeah. I just want to say Tyler, the creator, like his golf Lafleur stuff does not get the credit that it deserves. His shoes have been phenomenal. I, have, I don't think we've had yeah, that actually, that's, a, that's an early pair I remember. The um, oh, the golf uh, Reeboks with the gum sole. Oh no, the Palace Reeboks with the gum sole. I'm thinking of the golf uh, old schools with the gum sole. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, going to say as soon done... as you said golf, as soon as you said golf Reeboks, I was like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, no, the, the old schools. I think that was probably around a similar sort of time. I um, I remember those being quite a prominent pair when I was getting into it. Hey, like I, I distinctively remember this era. Like this, when you're saying this is kind of what around like maybe 2013 there. Yeah, I say 13 to 14 see, to 15. Sort of, yeah. See, that was when I was like just coming out of college, um, like just starting to get a full time job and things like this. Like I remember going to Reading Festival and and seeing Odd Future and like that was at the height of when like you said Tyler the Creator and, and Odd Future were massive and. All of my friends were, like I said, trying to get supreme things and, and stuff like that because yeah. of those artists. So that's uh, again, like for 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 people our age, and again, we get this where we talk to people older than us, and they'll be looking at say maybe nineties music, and then for for us, it's kind of maybe like early two thousands was probably when we were like growing up getting into music, and then obviously someone like yourself, Archie, where you're obviously a little bit younger than us, and it's that kind of two thousand and thirteen era um, of music. Like for me. It was like the the G units and things like this. I remember going to um, Bista Village and getting a pair of G unit Reeboks and like wanting wanted New York Yankees fitteds in like every single color and <laughs> things like this. Like that was, and then obviously you fast forward to to to, to, to you guys and it's Supreme five panels and shit like that. Like it's, it's a very different um, introduction, but kind of along the same vein of of, of music yeah. making a big uh, impact on our uh, um, our influences. I I kind of learnt from almost people like Archie because like my influence like I never really looked at kind of musicians anything like that like I was just all football um but it was when I was working with these kind of the younger guys that were really into Supreme that I was like what is this like I started properly looking at it and then seeing what they were liked footwear wise because I was still into my terror shoes and then just kind of actually learning to be like okay well this is part of this and you like this because of this and all of a sudden I was like actually I quite like that because of this and yeah it kind of it almost helped me kind of develop a little bit because yeah I was so kind of narrow-minded but yeah seeing like say the people that kind of almost grew up on this new supreme so to speak because you say grow up on supreme and you know there's going to be some skaters from like years and years and years back that are like oh supreme isn't the same as what it used to be and whatnot but you know, there's no doubt that what they do now has influenced a lot going forward. Um, 
Archie, what you were saying there, obviously, for you getting into kind of streetwear and streetwear led to you getting into shoes. And like I said, a big part of that was that kind of supreme, I say supreme culture, because like you said, you've then got kind of Palace and, and all these other brands that kind of clump into that. Um, where, what, where did your kind of sneaker habits go from the, uh, the Oreo fours? Like if that was your first kind of big memory of buying a pair of shoes that you would consider kind of a quote unquote pair of sneakers um where did that then lead to like maybe what was the next pair or when did you start realizing that all of a sudden okay this might be a a problem as such like now all of a sudden i have more shoes than the average person might need well i'd say like i said i've kind of worn air max and air forces for a while um and then around 2014 the oreo 4s started to leak on instagram i'd seen them around um but then the summer of 2015, I believe, is when I'd got my ticket to Crep City. I was like, yeah, I'm going to find these Oreos 4s. I'm going to buy them. I saved up. I didn't like really have any money because obviously you're a kid. You don't. Yeah. But I would have been 14, 15 at the time. But I'd saved up birthday money and whatever, Christmas money. Um, found these shoes there. Got a good price considering what they're probably worth nowadays. Um, <laughs> and then from there, I was like, yeah, I, I love these shoes. Um yeah, I'm not really sure from there. I kind of just never stopped buying. <laughs> I, I mean, you were saying there that you've always been into Air Forces and Air Max, and that obviously then evolved into the Jordans, like you're telling that story there. And you are right. I think that's one of the things that for, for, for people your age and maybe even a little bit older, like it's quite interesting. You might have been into shoes for 10 years, but actually, like you said there that you're 21. Even if, even if you were into shoes for 10 years, like at 11 years old, unless mum and dad are quite well off and they're buying you shoes, like you ain't buying 10, 12 pairs of shoes a year like some people are now, if not more. But um, you were saying there that you've always been into kind of the Air Forces and the Air Max that evolved into Jordans. Did that ever change at all? Like Scott made an interesting point that some of his friends all of a sudden migrated to Yeezy and then moved back to Nike. Like, have you always been Nike and Jordan or do you venture out to other brands as well? Um, it's always been Nike really, but there was a period where I kind of, uh, sort of like the, the Supreme days, I kind of ventured to Vans, um, like the skater, kind, the skater wear. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know. I'd, maybe it just didn't suit me, but I kind of grew out of it <laughs> and then just, Got straight back on tonight, but even even during that period, I still was wearing Nikes mostly. And what what's some of the stuff that's kind of tickling your fancy, for lack of a better word, uh, now when it comes to to trainers and things like this? Like, what are the, some of the things that are like really? What's excited you in say 2020, 2021? Um, kind of releases in a bit more of a modern day. Um. See, nowadays, kind of last year, I kind of lost enthusiasm a bit just with the whole stock X, everything yeah. costing too Natural. much. There yeah. was just no point, really. I was freelancing. I didn't have a job. I couldn't afford it. So I just thought there's no point. Um, but then once I, once things started picking up again, started getting a bit of money, got straight back into it. But um, last year, I did manage to get a pair of Black Cat Jordan 4s on Very sneakers, nice. which I realised is extremely lucky. And that's a pair I've also always wanted from a young age. Um, but they were just ridiculously expensive because they hadn't come out since, I think, 2006. Mm. Um, but yeah, they excited me just as a sort of a nostalgia thing because I'd wanted them for a long time. 
Um, also, you'll realise I'm quite a Jordan 4s man. Also, the neon Jordan 4s I bought last year, just because... Such an underrated pair. pair. Such an yeah, underrated I had a pair. pair. I've got a pair of um, neon 95s, and I thought, I need these to match. I have to get both, because I love the 95s, so I thought, it's a great colourway. You can't go wrong. It's my favourite shoe and one of my favourite colourways. They look so, so good. Like, the, that <clears throat> neon colourway looks so good on the 4. Like, again, yeah. for me... Yeah. I've never owned a four and I will probably never own a four just because it ain't me. Like I don't wear big clumpy kind of high shoes. Yeah. I'm more runners. But again, for someone that likes a runner and I've had more of a resurgence recently of 95s. Again, I'm not going to go into the story, but I've not always been into 95s. Um, but um, yeah, that was one of those things that haven't starting to get an appreciation for 95s again and appreciating yeah. the classic colorways like the neon and then seeing it on a Jordan 4 I was like this really works like it doesn't always work yeah, cool. when you take a classic Air Max colorway and put it over to another silhouette it doesn't always work I mean the the infrared um SB Dunks were also another example like that was a really good and the Safari Dunks as well like they had a couple there was a couple of decent yeah. Air Max colorways that got put on other silhouettes last year like they did all right a, with that last year it's yeah. a bit of a hit and miss one isn't it it's almost like just throw yeah, yeah throw things together and just hope that it looks good because some of them look really good and like I say that 95 on the 4 was a really surprising one like that neon it it really caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting it to look great yeah. but it did and then but there got some nice others. details on there as well mm. yeah it, it was just a really well done shoe um, they really yeah. they put some effort into it and actually made it work because it, it's quite easy for brands and brands do it all the time they take an iconic colorway of a model and then throw it on another and hope that it will work. And sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But when they actually take the time to kind of actually adapt it properly, like I say, they, they, they can really smash it. Um, yeah. One of the things we're obviously going to talk in a little while, Archie, is, is, is the work that you do in, in design and, and digital design and graphic design. Um, one of the things that people will know you for is your work with uh, more prime um, and some of the amazing uh, kind of uh, pieces of artwork that you do for for the more prime instagram page and uh, and other platforms as well but one of the questions seen as we're talking about your kind of sneaker interests and things like this have there been any shoes that you and morgan have been kind of working on that you've had to put together some sort of piece of artwork and next thing you know, you're looking on StockX or eBay to try and find a pair. Because per oh, personally speaking, um... like we'll be talking to someone like you. <laughs> I know later on I'm going to be looking on StockX for Neon Jordan 4s and being like, mm, can I pull this off? Because when you when I always find that if I'm doing something like this and I'm talking to someone, it influences me a lot. Um, yeah, I don't know. Sorry. Um, some of the pairs are quite outlandish because... Obviously, they come from a, I don't know if you know how it all works, but they come from a few different people. We've got a fairly big team um, and everyone's kind of got different tastes. Uh, so quite a few of them aren't exactly my style. I'm quite specific. I, I really mostly wear clunk, like clumpy shoes, like 95s, um, yep. Jordans. <laughs> Every now and then I'll buy a new Air Max, but it's, it's usually chunky kind of shoes. Um and there's a lot of runners on more prime that it is mostly runners. 
Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, obviously, you saying that you're into Air Max, I was, I just kind of assumed. I mean, you shouldn't make assumptions because they're making ass out of you and me. But um, I, yeah, I just kind of assumed that, like I said, if you were doing like a little piece of of artwork for maybe like I'm just scrolling through the Instagram page now, like the the Sean Wotherspoon, um, Joe Light Threes, or maybe like a pair of some of the Deodoras or or, or Kangaroos or something. Like that. I kind of assumed that you'd be like, oh, actually, these are quite cool, but. Like I said, it may, yeah, maybe, no, it, maybe, it's maybe definitely put me onto new shoes. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, mate. I maybe I wouldn't go out and buy them, but it's it's definitely it's taught me a lot. Um, I've seen pairs that I would never have seen without working with more prime. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cool pairs on there that I'd just never seen in my life before. Well, I think that's probably a, a good opportunity for us to maybe move on to, to talking about some of your design work and, and kind of what you've been up to recently and things like this. Because like we said at the top of the um, the top of the show with the intro, you quite often almost sit behind the scenes a little bit, Archie, and you're very much the, the, the person that is helping to, to bring an idea to life with your digital design and graphic design and, and things like this. Um, and you have worked with, um, obviously, likes of more prime that we've mentioned lorenzo uh lorenzo.og good friend of the show um laced uh plus scrolling through your instagram you've done kind of cover arts and and, and things like this for multiple artists um uh, that, uh, that are very very well known um first of all do you mind explaining to anyone that doesn't know who you are and anyone that hasn't necessarily seen or heard of your work give them a little bit of a summary of what your design actually is because we were kind of talking before we hit record of like you say in your uh you've got kind of in your bio of your your instagram that multidisciplinary designer but how would you describe the artwork that you do um well, see, that's the reason I use multidisciplinary design. <laughs> I, I literally don't know. It's kind of really random. Um, I know a, a lot of people have their own specific styles, uh, Lorenzo especially. Obviously, you see, you know, it's him, whereas with me, it's kind of all over the place. Um, bit of a jack of all trades. That's why I usually go with the multidisciplinary kind of uh, word because I just kind of like doing a bit of everything, really. Um discovering different art styles because I'm, I'm I'm into the actual kind of art, actual design side of it rather than just, I don't know, making something that looks cool. I, I like to actually research stuff and make it based on something. That's why you'll see a lot of concepts that are based on like, I don't know, movies or previous things that have happened. Um, so yeah, a, a bit of a nostalgia merchant maybe. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it. I might- nostalgia cells we all love a little bit of nostalgia every now and then um okay cool that that, that makes sense i think we'll stick we'll stick with the uh multidisciplinary designer then plus also multidisciplinary is like that should be the word of the day every single day because that's a pretty that's a pretty solid word to to throw into any sentence but um Okay, so, so like I said, you've worked with lots and lots of different people. And just for anyone that, if I didn't make it kind of abundantly clear beforehand, Archie, for, for yourself, you deal with the the various different pieces of content that we see on the likes of, say, the More Prime Instagram page. So for anyone that, uh, the majority of people who are listening to this have heard of More Prime or, or follow More Prime or know More Prime, um, scrolling down the Instagram page, if you see any of the kind of little snippets of kind of images of certain shoes and uh, kind of any of the content on there you're essentially partly responsible for for the design of um kind of 
the design that eventually makes its way to social media and, and some of the other um, kind of platforms that, that, that you guys have over there. Um, do you want to talk yeah. us a little bit through kind of how some of this works? So because for, for me, I look at some of the work that you've done, for example, um, again, as I said, I'm, I'm on the, the page uh, now looking at or, or on your Instagram page, sorry, and seeing things like, um, uh, for example, what you did for Lorenzo with the Dusk Air Max 95s. And I wouldn't even know where to start by putting something like that together. Obviously, you've got the shoe and the fade in the background and the different kind of fonts and things like this. Do you mind talking us through kind of the process of, of how you actually put together some of these cool pieces of artwork? Yeah, so um, essentially I haven't really had any sort of formal education within art or design, so everything is kind of just off my own back. So that's probably part of the reason I like to research stuff um, because I don't really know otherwise. So I kind of, I'll, I'll research relevant topics, um, get some inspiration from other work and then sort of try and just kind of, combine it all together into one sort of big nice looking mess <laughs> nice nice looking mess is a good way of putting uh, of kind of putting it there yeah like the more prime stuff is kind of it's all over the place but it's just somehow works yeah uh, well i mean you were saying there that you might do a little bit of research and things like this and you said there that you're kind of into nostalgia um what are some yeah. of the things that, that that you are nostalgic for because nostalgia is different for everyone right like for some people nostalgia is music for some people it's movies for some people it's cartoons like where does your mind go when you're kind of trying to draw this uh nostalgic inspiration for some of the pieces that you're working on um say it kind of depends on the shoe it depends on the colors it depends on the shape of the shoe it's like it's more i'll be drawn to one thing whether it is the color or the shape or the story whatever i'll be drawn to one thing and then i'll kind of open that one thing up massively find out where them colors have been used before where i've seen those colors what it reminds me of sort of thing and then try and draw those two things together to make sort of a combined effort that, yeah, because I mean, looking at some of the the pieces that you've done, um, looking at say obviously things like the the Jordan Four Lightning, like you can clearly see the the, the image again. I'm I'm really sorry for anyone that's listening that has no idea what I'm talking about. If you kind of scroll through the the More Prime Instagram page, you'll see some of these pieces that I'm kind of picking out. Obviously, the the Jordan Four Lightning, you've got the picture of the Jordan Four Lightning, but in the background, you've got kind of the lightning bolts coming off, and it looks almost like '80s movie. Uh, type of inspiration and then you look just next to it on the instagram page and you've got the mizuno times uh shinzo the the, the the mizuno contender that you can tell there's inspiration from the shoe where the font is all of a sudden less bold and lightning and it's very kind of intricate in the fact the way that contender kind of sits on the page and the backgrounds are, are pink and and soft so you can see that for all of them it kind of links in in heavily to to the shoe um like I said, I, I might be asking the same question twice, so I'm really sorry if that's the case. But what's maybe the starting point? Now, let's say, for example, that we were to turn around to you today and say um, one of uh, the uh, an upcoming shoe is the um, black Air Max One Patter. Like, what what would be the the starting point for maybe designing a piece of artwork to go with that shoe for you? Well, um, there's usually one sort of main point that everyone's focused on so like with more primates it's the style 
Um, so like the 80s retro futurism kind of style. With Lorenzo, it's the gradient, like the the fade in between colours. And for example, with um, the patter, it, it's the wave. So I'll kind of draw on that focal point and try and incorporate that into the, the background because the background is kind of the most important bit. Obviously, the shoe's the most important bit, but the background is the thing that really catches your attention, I think. Um, so, yeah, I, try, I would try and focus on that main point and make it the post kind of around it. Uh, yeah, it make, makes complete sense. I suppose you are right. Like I said, the shoe is always going to be the center, but actually what you're looking at is kind of how the shoe merges into the background. So yeah, like I said, with, right. with the lightning that we were mentioning a second ago, like obviously it's how the shoe connects with the fact that you've got the lightning bolts in the exactly. background and the kind of moody sky and things yeah. like this. It's so, kind yeah. Of, yeah, it's kind of like linking things together is kind of the process. It's, it's finding a way how to link these things like lightning and a shoe that just have no connection whatsoever just finding a way how to make them sort of work on the same page no I, I completely get it i completely get it i mean one of the things that i didn't ask we went straight into the design and kind of how you do design and things like this when when did you start doing this like when did all of a sudden like i said for yourself you're very young and if i will say so that some of the stuff that you're doing is just unbelievably mind-blowing like you're incredibly talented for someone that is of your age um you're talent you're talented for anyone that of any age but for someone to be so young and still got many years ahead in in this field when did all when did you start messing around with this like when did you start thinking yeah i'm gonna give kind of graphic design digital designer a, a go um not very long ago to be honest um year and a half two years ago wow probably <laughs> the start of the pandemic so about a year and a half ago um i kind of played around with photoshop I knew what the tools were, but I, I wouldn't say I could use it. Like if, if I showed you my archive posts on Instagram from anything over two years, it's horrible. <laughs> like it's really bad. <laughs> so it was just literally a matter of, I mean, we hear so many stories of people that, and I think obviously everything that's been going on with COVID is absolutely horrific, but actually taking some of the silver linings from everything that's been going on with COVID, there's a lot of businesses and a lot of people that have been able to try something new that they maybe didn't have, didn't have the opportunity to try beforehand. And in this environment that COVID has created, they've been able to excel. Again, seen as we've mentioned his name a couple of times, Lorenzo being a prime example, he was working at Nike beforehand, stopped working at Nike because of COVID and over COVID decided, oh, I'm going to start messing around with shoes. And now all of a sudden he's designing for people that are incredibly well known within the industry and like you said for yourself a matter of a, a year and a half two years ago you weren't doing this and now all of a sudden like you said your work is seen on on one of the biggest um kind of trainer platforms um and be it's more prime is, is beyond trainers but there's obviously a heavy focus on trainers um one of the biggest platforms in our scene currently um I suppose what what I'm trying to kind of get at is how were you able to use that environment to really kind of hone in on those skills? Because again, I'm sure like, a year and a half is not a very long time. I'm sure you didn't just try it on a Monday and by Tuesday you were an expert. No, well, I, I worked in marketing before. Um, okay. My first full-time job was in marketing. I was doing social media. I'd kind of, I'd been doing graphics, but I wasn't making them myself really. I was kind of just using apps, using Canva, stuff like that to just, kind of put text on a picture essentially um and then I was there for about a year got to the point where I really wasn't fussed about the marketing side of things 
I just was interested in the design. I'd kind of figured it out. Obviously, I was still very young at this point. I was still 18. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. 18, 19. Um, and then I kind of figured out, uh, yeah, I like this design thing. I, I kind of want to give that a go. So I quit my job, um, <clears throat> sort of focus on design. Um, and the pandemic hit literally a week later. So then oh, I was wow. like, all right, now I've got a lot of time. Because um, my original plan was just to find a part-time job so I could kind of focus on design on the side, maybe go back to uni. I don't know. I hadn't really figured that out yet. But then the pandemic hit a week later and I just had all the time in the world. Um, so I kind of just figured it out from there. And um, obviously kind of from there, you managed to figure it out eventually. How, how long into kind of doing this did you then start working with More Prime? Oh, uh, I'm not actually sure. I think it might have been around January this year, maybe. But that is a, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to quiz you on it. Don't worry. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be uh, messaging Morgan <laughs> like Archie said on the podcast that he's been with you since January. Can you please <laughs> confirm? No, don't worry. But um, when, what's the process of you guys putting something together? Because obviously, if you're freelance and you're working off your own back, then you can obviously create whatever the hell you want and whatever inspires you at that time. And you said earlier that you've got a big team of people around you at More Prime that might have different interests and shoes that they want to cover. What goes into the process of you guys kind of actually putting a project together and putting a post together? And are there ever, are there ever any shoes or ideas that you just turn around and go, no, I don't want to do that? Um, well, the process is sort of... Um, Morgan will obviously take the photos of the shoes um from whoever's collection and then tommy will write the copy and he updates my itinerary if you call it that with i don't know three or four pairs on there with links to like articles um the text that he's wrote and just whatever i need to know about the shoes because like i said sometimes they're quite obscure i haven't seen them before um and then after that um even morgan or tommy will give me any sort of general ideas they have, even if it's just something minor. And then from there, I'll just create something that I think looks good, relates to the shoe, relates to the story. And then after that, um, Maria will look at it because she's had experience in design before. So she kind of, she has an eye for it. So she'll look at it. We'll both go over it together, finalize it. And are you much of a perfectionist when it comes to this stuff like when you're putting together something how how many kind of times do you have to go through uh, a particular image before you're like okay now i'm gonna submit it um it's kind of like a team of perfectionists so okay everything takes a fair amount of time to sort of get out there like i've got posts that i've had for months um yeah they get looked over a lot of times sometimes i just leave it for a bit come back to it and see if anything else comes to us if we're not 100% with it but yeah nothing goes out unless it's perfect like that is like I said you can tell by you can tell by the work that you do like you said I look at it and think how on earth have you made that into into that but uh that's why I'm just sat here talking to you about the work that you do and you're the one actually producing it but uh talking about your work um what what's 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 plans for the future mate what what can we look out for from you um over the course of say the the, the next year or so um, well, I just got a new job uh, doing design for a finance Thank you. Um, I've been there about six weeks now. Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's not something I'm looking to do forever. I don't <laughs> always want to work in finance. 
it's, join the club. It's, it's, not, yeah, it's not the most fun designs I've ever had to do. But nonetheless, it pays the bills. It's a good bunch of people. Um, and it's, it's all right. It's, it's good work. It's better than scraping around for money when I'm freelancing. Um, yeah, but full, in the future, I'd like to either work somewhere like a more prime full-time, somewhere kind of uh, in line with the actual interests I have in life or just do freelance where I can kind of pick and choose and just do stuff that relates to my interests. Well, you've manifested it now, mate. I'm sure it's going to happen. You've spoke it into existence. And uh, yeah, I'm sure, like I said, everyone in the world listens to the Doubled Up podcast. So um, <laughs> so someone's going to hear this and hire you in, in, in that perfect job. So there we go. Yeah. You've spoken well, before, When I was freelancing before, um, that's probably the most happy I've been while working in my life ever because I was literally just doing stuff that I wanted to do. But unfortunately, when you haven't got that much experience and at this age, it is not sustainable. Mm. So I did have to get a job kind of against my will, but kind of accepted it. But um, yeah, it's early days. It's, it's, it's not an issue. It's not like I hate it. I enjoy the job, so <laughs> it could be a lot worse. One, one more question before we move on to our next segment, um, off the back of what you've just said there, saying that, some, that you're kind of that the most fun you've had is, is doing the freelance what has been maybe kind of one particular project that you've either been the most proud of or one that you've had the most fun doing? Like what's been maybe like the the, the one design that afterwards you finished it, looked at it and thought, shit, I did that. Um, uh, most proud of, I'd probably say some of the bits for Novelist or DEE just because I've listened to them from when I don't know, probably 14, 15 yeah, yeah. around that sort of age. So it was just cool to be able to do that. I'm good friends with novelists now. So it's, it's kind of surreal, even like that's just even happened. I remember seeing him at, um, in North London in 2016, and now I literally talk to him most weeks. It's just <laughs> kind of surreal. But I mean, I suppose we can briefly, I know I said one more question and then we'll move on, but now all of a sudden you've opened up a whole new world there. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but um, what what's maybe some of the differences in regards to approach when you're designing something sneaker related versus music related? Um, I mean, it might not be, it might not be a difference in approach in regards to the design process, but is there anything different that you draw upon when it comes to inspiration or, or how is it? different working with an artist versus maybe someone that's into shoes or something like that? Um, it's not actually that different, if I'm honest. The, the main difference is the, the art style. Yeah. Obviously, More Prime is very specific in its actual look and feel. Um, but to be honest, in all work, it kind of just draws from inspiration from other things. Um, nothing's kind of from scratch per se. It's all it's kind of drawn together from a whole host of different things. It's sort of a similar process for everything. I mean, it, it yeah, makes sense. Make you say, like, say the first the first cover I did for Novelist was um it was called Heat, and it was basically a play on the Heat movie poster. So it's okay. a similar sort of process. Okay, it's, it's not it's nostalgia based, really. I was going to say it's that, the, that that's the one thing it was it's all it always boils down to, doesn't it? Is that it's uh, like yeah. I said, nostalgia sells. Nostalgia makes you look at something and think that's pretty, that's sick. Like I said, yeah, yeah it's kind of just like remaking nostalgia. something that was already cool to make it cooler, I guess. 
mate. <laughs> always got to try and make things better. Um, yeah. I, I think that's that's probably a good opportunity for us to move on to to, to our first segment. So, no, I really appreciate us talking about. Like I said, it, like I said, it absolutely blows my mind because, um, like I said, the, the stuff that you can do is is absolutely crazy. Oh, I'm, we, I always forget. I almost forgot, Scott. I almost forgot. How could you make me forget? This is your fault. Um, yeah, don't look at me like that. Um, whenever we have someone new on the podcast, Archie, that has some sort of different trade, whether it is a photographer, whether it is a um, kind of illustrator, whether it's a videographer, YouTuber, whatever, we always like to kind of pick their brains and get some top tips. So imagine that there was someone listening to this podcast today that maybe has seen your work and thinks, I want to get into the, the design work that you get into. Is there any sort of kind of like top tips that you would give that person? I know, like you said, you're fairly new to this. So by all means, um, you, you, can, you can try and act humble about the, the work that you do but um, are there any sort of uh, uh, top tips um, that you would give someone that, that's trying to maybe break into um, digital design graphic design multidisciplinary design yeah um, just do re- just do your research that's the main thing just if, if you've got a lot if you've seen a lot of things if, you, if you've studied a lot of art movements uh, different designers different anything really then you're going to have a bigger imagination essentially you're going to have more stuff that you can think of more ideas and just overall better content i think so the more you see the more you can draw upon essentially exactly yeah cool well seeing as i've said it four times now we will actually move on to our next segment (laughs) um and for anyone that's new listening to this podcast uh the first segment that we're going to move on to is one called shoes rounds every single week we spend a little bit of time looking back at some of the biggest sneaker or trainer news stories of the week this week scott is taking shoes rounds. so without further ado i'm passing over to scott for shoes rounds Thank you very much. Um, I mean, I, you might have heard I was quite quiet during that segment. I'm not going to lie. I'm just blown away that you're only 21 years old. <laughs> I, just, I just, for some, like looking at all the work you've done and stuff, like I, I did similar going from marketing and kind of jumping ship and into teaching. But yeah, yeah, the stuff you've done is absolutely phenomenal. So uh, yeah, kind of, I'm excited to see the the future but anyway we will get into the news um and it is a story on nike this week um and one that is a bit perplexing um so it's come out uh, from complex um, in particular brendan dunn saying that a handful of high-ranking nike designers have left the company in november um these designers include um sergio lozano um, who's been there since 1990 um, and was the lead designer for the Air Max 95, um, Air Max 95. Um, Nate Job, um, who was the director designer um, who executed Virgil Abloh's 10 collection. Um, and yeah, another one, Chad Knight, a director of 3D footwear design, um, who's been there since 2016. Um it's just there's a lot of names um, that have kind of disappeared in the in the past year um, for different reasons, whether they're sons or resellers or whatnot. Um, but these <laughs> are um, kind of these are interesting ones because, like I say, these are people that have done very prominent things for Nike that have kind of pushed them further. Like I say, we've got the ninety five. 
Um, Lozano um, also responsible for many other things such as like the Air Max 98, Tuned Max, um, Air Max 2003 um, and has also worked for kind of the men's and women's basketball sides um, with other people. Um, Tom Rushbrook under the name that's gone um, who is Global Senior Director of Design for Men's Sports Style Innovation who's been there since 2011. Now all these names kind of go in and Nike have refused to comment on these releases, so to speak, um, and they went in November. So this is, you know, relatively recent, but also long enough ago that you would have thought something would have, you would have heard something. Um, but it, it's an interesting one because they are very high ranking people that have done very important things for the business. So it's interesting to know as to why they might have gone. Um, and there's lots of kind of, there's been rumours of kind of a lot of politics behind the scenes and all this. Or is it simply that Nike are looking to do something different? Um, are they looking to move in a different direction? Um, you know, we've said multiple times on this podcast that the the new things that Nike are bringing out are not really hitting what you would expect them to do. You know, I can't think of many big kind of new releases that have kind of really pushed on i mean you've got obviously the vapor max that kind of went big um the element 85 um when that came out um like there, there have been a couple but nothing major um and i do wonder if it is just this whole new um nike just looking at it from a new perspective and want to move in a different way um but again it is a bit of a bizarre one nike have not had the best year we've said previously there have been a lot of things that have gone on this year that they probably didn't want to happen um and not only that obviously kind of all the recent news um with obviously virgil's kind of sad passing the events with travis this leaves nike in a very interesting position in going forwards with a lot of things that they potentially were going to do, maybe not happening anymore. And then all of these releases, obviously you can't plan for the things that happened, but yeah, it certainly leaves Nike in a, in a interesting position. And um, I'm intrigued to know your thoughts as to what, kind of what, what might be the reasoning for kind of such high profile names, just kind of slipping through very quietly, very under the radar without any comment. Um, Archie, I'll let you have a little think about how you want to answer or how you what, what your kind of thoughts are here. Because um, while Scott, you've been having a little bit of a, a chat there, I've been having a little bit of a, a research in regards to um, the uh, the news story itself and uh, a couple of things from some of the uh, the directors and, and designers that have left. Um, I mean, in kind of asked answer to your question, there's a, a million and one different reasons why any of these people could have left. Um, like I said, it could be that Nike wanted to move in a different direction. It could be they wanted to move in a different direction. It could have been they just want a new challenge. It could have been mutual agreement. It could, like, there's so many different reasons as to why someone would leave a job. I mean, just because these people are successful directors at Nike um, and they've designed some of the shoes that we love and appreciate doesn't mean they don't go through the same kind of day-to-day um, kind of issues that people have with their roles. People can simply get bored. They can get frustrated. They might want to change career paths. And actually, if you look at some of the people that have been involved, I mean, one of the ones that's interested me is um, 
Chad Knight that you mentioned earlier was the director of uh, 3D footwear design um, who started with Nike in 2016. Um, since leaving the company, he's actually gone on um, to become the head of cyberware for Wilder World uh, Metaverse. Um, and he actually... Funnily enough, talking about Archie doing cover arts and things like this for musicians, he actually designed the cover art for Doja Cat's Kiss Me More single. Um, so looking at Chad's um, uh, LinkedIn profile that I currently have in front of me, um, it says that he is looking to redefine reality. And actually, when you look into what he's moved into, he's really kind of diving headfirst into the metaverse and designing NFTs. And for him, it might actually be that five years ago he started designing 3d footwear and now all of a sudden the metaverse has blown up and he might just decide that he wants to move on for another reason so there's many different things as to why people might move on um but uh but yeah like i said i i think a lot of this is speculation a lot of this we don't really know why nowadays nfts are so lucrative and so so popular that he might be thinking why the hell am i designing 3d footwear for nike when i could be capitalizing on a company that sells this shit so there's loads of different reasons why someone might decide to leave a company we don't know yet i think it's unusual that it's what four people all very high ranked at the same time i think that's probably why people are kind of a bit speculative kind of speculating about it all however what you said about like the whole nfts thing nike and adidas are looking to move into the metaverse and are looking at all the digital stuff so that it's a weird time for somebody that is specializing in that area to move away from a company that is inputting so much money and time into it so that seems a bit of a weird one to me. The only reason, no, but at the same time, it isn't, right? Because if you're someone that wants to get into NFT design, why would you want to stay at Nike? What is Nike as a company? They are a marketing company and they are a sneaker or sportswear brand, right? So even if Nike wants to get into NFTs and get into the metaverse, it was, it's always going to be on the back burner. Um, well, not always, but for now, it's going to be very much on the back burner in comparison to other ventures. Whereas if you leave and join a company like Wilder World, where go looking on their website, their website says... Straight away, as soon as you go onto it, it is a guy, a, well, a kind of a, a, a glass skeleton wearing um, VR goggles and a funky hat. And it says a new dimension of reality. Wild, uh, Wilder World is an immersive 5D metaverse built on um, fucking Bitcoin or some sort of shit. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> but like for the, for him if this is something that he wants to get into why would you stay at nike where this is going to be their 100th and project on at the time when actually you can join a company that's going to be doing this full time so yeah all i'm saying is that yes you are right it is weird that five very important people are leaving the company all at once but actually in the grand scheme of things there's loads of different reasons why people might lose their job uh, might move on or, or, or lose their job or quit their job or whatever so uh, i think we just have to wait and see to see what happens but um archie what are your kind of thoughts on, on this if you have any thoughts yeah, well, at all? I, I mean uh i think it's interesting how so many people have left at once but at the end of the day we we're never gonna know really yeah unless Nike decides to release that information we're never gonna know they might have all just wanted to move on to future endeavors they might not have even all left at the same time to be honest uh, like we we don't know for sure but um yeah it does seem odd that they've all supposedly left at the same time 
but I can't really comment on it because I have no idea. I was going to say, there's, there's not really much for us to comment on at this stage other than speculation to say, oh, is it because yeah. Nike are moving on to this or is it they're moving on? Like, we don't really know. Uh, it's interesting, like I said, to see what they're moving on to, but yeah, we shall see with time. A, a lot of them probably have like clauses in their contracts where they can't join another sneaker brand for X amount of months or something like this. Yeah. Like, there's probably nine, some. Nine. 90 day no well, I don't. I don't think any of them will struggle. To be I was going to say, they've yeah, they've all probably senior roles at Nike. Like they, they'll move on to better things. I, I would think. Mm. It, it's it'll not be a bad thing to have on your CV, is it? No, it'd be interesting to see where yeah. people do land. He, there's a lot of brands yeah. doing a lot. Of even even working for a smaller company isn't necessarily work worse than working for Nike. It might be a bigger company, but if they're not trying to go anywhere, if they're not trying to go in the same direction as you're trying to go in mm. then it, it doesn't really mean anything it's like what you said as well like i mean if you could be working for a massive company but if you're not enjoying it then yeah. you know like i say what, what's the, what's point? the yeah. point um it just depends what people value more than anything but you know, i mean random question have you have you thought about nfts <laughs> um i've thought about it uh i don't really know anything about it it seems like everyone everyone and their nan seems to be in the NFT space at the minute, but I mean, I'm I'm signed up to Foundation. I got an invite to Foundation, so I'm on there. I'm I'm ready to release if I need to, but I'm not really trying to just throw money at stuff because it, it costs to um it costs to make and mint them. So I don't really want to just chuck money at it when I have no idea what I'm doing. No, I, I, I'm. And also, I don't really want to just put out random content that means nothing. <laughs> like I'd rather make something that's actually worth selling. Yeah, I'm, sense. I'm still trying to wrap my head around it all. I'm not going to lie. It's yeah, all very, very confusing, odd. but there we are. But anyway, on that, that is the news. So on that note, I will pass over to Matt for our next segment, Double Up, Double Down, where we look at the upcoming releases for the next week and pick a double up, something we like, a double down, something we dislike, and a sleeper pick, something that we think is going to fly under the radar. So on that, I'll pass over to Matt for Double Up, Double Down. Thank you very much. I mean, Archie, you might not have realised, but the scenery's changed a little bit where we are now because before we came out of the Doubled Up Podcast Studio into the Shoes Round Studio, we've now brought you back into the Doubled Up Podcast Studio. So I know that you might not have really realised the difference, but I'm sorry to have you kind of jump in from studio to studio a moment ago. But um, yeah, as Scott says, uh, this segment, we spend a little bit of time looking at some of the upcoming releases. We always like to start with a positive. Um and depending on who you're asking, this is either going to be a positive or a negative. For me, this shoe is a massive positive. I very, very much like this shoe. And the shoe is the Peace Minus One Times Nike Quando One. Um, this is a shoe that we have spoken about in previous uh, episodes. Uh, we spoke about this as a shoes round story when it was first um uh, kind of leaked online because if you look at the brand um peace minus one this is the brand basically it's connected to g dragon and we obviously know g dragon has done previous collaborations on air forces with nike um and uh, yeah this is kind of uh, another shoe in the catalog of g dragon esque nike shoes um for anyone that hasn't seen the shoe before it is an inc- it is an entirely or an entirely white shoe. Um, it is basically the best way to describe it is 
a white leather brogue with a tongue flap that looks like a Predator football boot, a Nike swoosh on the side with a sneaker midsole and outsole. Now, I'm not really selling it, but this shoe's fucking awesome. Uh, the shoe itself releases on the 14th of December for a recommended retail price of £165. And I don't really know why I like this shoe, but I really, really like this shoe. Like I said, a lot of people that know my taste are probably going to think, Matt, why the hell have you picked this for the double up for the week? But I just think this is absolutely awesome. Um, seeing as Scott is probably going to tear down this pick completely, Archie, I'm going to throw this over to you. What are your opinions on the Nike Quando 1? Well, I hate that I don't hate it. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm exactly the same. Like, it's so bad, but it's not bad. And I have no idea why. Yeah. Um, I think maybe as a sneakerhead, I feel like I've just become accustomed to not liking dress shoes. And I feel like maybe it's just the least awful dress shoe I've seen. Maybe that's why I like it, but I'm not really sure. But yeah, I, I, I don't hate it. I think it's cool. That's what I mean. I'm exactly the same. I do not know why I like this shoe so much, but I, I mean, I'm not willing to spend £165 in it by all means, but... Oh, no. I mean, if this was a shoe, it, again, because of the fact that it's G Dragon, it's G Dragon, it is going to fly. Like it's not, this is not going to sit anywhere, um, despite being quite a crazy looking shoe. But if I yeah. if I could pick this up in the sale somehow or under yeah. retail, hundred percent, I'm going to pick this up. Like this looks like such a cool shoe, and again, I just can't really explain why. I know when we spoke about it before, Scott, we were saying like this is the perfect sneakerhead wedding shoe. Like that shoe. Yeah, that's what I was Yeah, like that, that. I'm definitely going to see this at someone. Like someone's going to be wearing this at a wedding. 100%. 100%. I was going to say, <laughs> Scott, would, would this you. This guy. <laughs> are, are, are you, would you pick this up for your wedding? Yeah. I, I think I said it before. Like when we did, when we spoke about it, like, like I say, it is, it's a hybrid. It's literally like if a Air Force One, a Brogue and a Predator football boot, um, kind of had a love child essentially um and at the time we said you know who is it for we're not sure about them if you take the tongue off them which i'm pretty sure it is detachable um they they look much better um and again i'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm not kind of for the tongue i'm not i'm not like completely sold on them but at the same time like it's again like i, I kind of like them in a really weird way and verity did see these the first time that we spoke about them and she was like, that's not a bad compromise. So, yeah, may maybe. Um, the problem is, and for anybody that doesn't know what these are, people are going to look at you and be like, what knockoffs are you wearing? Oh, yes. What kind of next corner shop did you buy that from? With these, because they, they do look... You Very have to you have to wear this shoe with confidence. Like if you're thinking, mm, should I wear it today? You probably shouldn't wear this shoe. Like you need to put this shoe on and be like, I'm fucking rocking this shoe today. Yeah. Like this is a I... you need to be a confident person to rock this shoe. And you're probably if you are that type of person, you're gonna make this look very very good. Yeah. I mean, this is if I wore this like around my mates or even into school, I would have a lot of people being like, what are they? But. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I say, if if you know, you know, and if you, uh, there are going to be people that like rock this with like a really good fit, and they're going to look like spot on. Um, and we said at the time, like I think, like the Asian kind of market is going to love these. Like it's 
completely their style um, in a lot of regards. Baggy even, trousers, oversized yeah, jumpers, 100%. and things like this. These are oh, this is gonna look so good. They're, they're gonna yeah make it look ten times better than I ever could. Um, well, Scott, yeah, I mean, me, it's got one of I'm the down. things. I'm sorry to I'm sorry to butt in there. But there's a, a there's a particular line that I want to draw your attention to on the sneakers app that I think might sell you on even more on getting a pair. Um, it talks about the influence of the uh, the silhouette and saying that it's a mashup of styles. Obviously, G Dragon went through the the Nike's uh, went through Nike's DNA archives, saying that it was kind of like taking inspiration from leather brogues and bowling shoes, golf footwear, etc. But it does then say the silhouette, however, stems from the Pegasus 83's comfortable tooling, the Janoski's classic shape. <laughs> you know how we love a Janoski on this podcast. Damn. And yeah, you know what? Yeah, I can see the Janoski. Yeah, I can actually. see yeah. it. And starts and the timeless tongue from 90s football boots. I'm sorry, Scott, but this has got like Just... I, I don't know. I don't know if you're much of a Pegasus 83 fan, but I know you love a 90s football boot. And I know you love a Janoski, so I feel as if this needs to be on the wish list for the wedding. Like if I, if I, I mean, I'm invi- I'm now inviting myself to your wedding. I don't know if I was invited or not, but I'm now inviting myself. And if I don't see you wearing this shoe, I'm going to be highly disappointed in you. I mean, <laughs> the Predator Accelerator is. Oh, there's so many iconic Predators. I love that sh- football boot. I, the tongue is still the one thing, but yeah, the only thing that could make this shoe even better if it had a paisley hiss on it. Uh, that basically that's what you i'm going for cu- now this is a white leather shoe you could quite easily send this to a customizer and get you know that like bit run by the the, the mud guard essentially which is the kind of brogy bit imagine getting that like with a nice black paisley print on it and across the heel like a nice paisley print you could get that customized and that would be the ultimate wedding shoe this is we're going to put this into existence before scott gets in trouble by buying <laughs> a pair of 170 pound wedding <laughs> shoes and then getting them customized i'm going to bring us back down to reality guys and i'm going to talk about a shoe that quite frankly shouldn't be a shoe i know some people this is going to be a shoe that for people that love it are going to absolutely love it and for people that don't really understand it like me are going to absolutely hate it so yeah I've already said I fall into the hate it camp but this week's double down pick is the MMW times Nike Zoom 004 Barrack Brown um we've seen this silhouette uh, we've seen this silhouette before um the the collaboration with Matthew M Williams this essentially looks like um if a tractor had a love child with an Air Max um, and somehow a snake got involved because it's got snake print as well. I don't really know how to describe this shoe. I know we normally try and describe the shoe for the listeners because, of course, this is an audio-only podcast and they can't physically see the shoes we're discussing unless they look on our Instagram when this uh, uh, this episode releases. But yeah, the shoe itself is the Zoom 004 uh, with Matthew and Williams that we've seen time and time again. It has the over-exaggerated, almost tractor-like midsole with the air units. But this time, um, it, like you said, has a kind of brown snake skin upper. Um, The thing that really gets me with this shoe is the price tag. Um, The shoe itself is releasing on the 13th of December. So actually the day this episode uh, releases. So if you're listening to this later than Monday, um, this shoe would have already released. Um, But it's recommended retail price of £405. Wow. £405. That's madness. Um, That's £400 more than it's meant to be, I tell you that. (laughs) 
and even even if it was four pound ninety five, I'd still want like a Black Friday discount on it to even consider buying <laughs> it. To be perfectly honest, uh, I mean, Archie, we started with you last time. Scott, what are your opinions on this shoe? I mean, I just got it up on sneakers. I didn't see the price of it four hundred and five pounds. Jesus cheap shoe, is Christ. it? I mean, the disrespect to the Vomero in this is appalling <laughs> like that's what you're taking from this the disrespect yeah it does say it's uh it's early naughty style upper nods to the zoom for four Jesus Christ. i mean oh. i am a big fan of a Romero, um but this is i mean i'm sure we've mentioned these before they are these have been double downs in other <sighs> colorways don't worry like this shit. isn't the first time we've spoken about this shoe so shit um I just, again, this is the thing, like, when we spoke about the Kwondo, we were like, you know, it might not be for us, but I can see who, I genuinely can't see who wears this. Like, I, I can't imagine anybody making this shoe look good. It's just, it's a monster, isn't it? A £405 monster. <laughs> it is, it's bad really bad i mean archie do you have anything extra to say on top of 405 pound monster i mean you like clumpy shoes didn't you you said that yeah that's a bit (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah just it's just the shape i just what is that it's just the point at the front looks like winkle pickers The, the color looks like i don't know mud and then yeah like you said the bottom looks like a tractor i don't i just don't get it it, think, it looks it looks yeah. worse from the outsole. Like it actually looks worse bottom up. Like, oh no, I don't know. I, th- I think it, I think if you bad. look at, if you look at it top down, <laughs> if you look at it top down and you can see the protruding kind of sides on the shoe. <laughs> Monsters. Yeah, yeah. I, it looks I like it's got understand. wings. Yeah. It looks like it wants to take off. Yeah. I mean, it, I, don't, I don't really get this whole trend of super clumpy shoes. Like even the um, Balenciaga triple S's and those kind of shoes. I think they just look ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I see so many people rocking them, and people just look really uncomfortable wearing them. Like, they're just too big. Like they're just ridiculous. It's like twice the size of your foot. It doesn't also, need to it's be like that. Every big. step looks like it's an effort. Do you know what I mean? Like you can see the wince in someone's face every time they lift their foot yeah. off the floor. It's like why yeah, have I put these heavy. on? Yeah. Thing is, I mean the triple S, you know, triple sole. I get that, but at the same time. You know, for many, many, many years, we've only needed one soul, and that was enough. <laughs> Since the dawn of time, yeah. Exactly. Like, <sighs> that was quite a funny just... one for you, Scott. Well done. Um, the, these shoes as well, just before we move on, again, I'm really sorry, but this is where my weird and wonderful brain goes. I don't know if either of you remember watching, like, say, Cartoon Network or Fox Kids when you were younger, and there would be the adverts of like those shoes that have little trampolines in, so you can literally like wear trampolines and bounce <laughs> around. Like, oh yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the midsole reminds me of those trampoline shoes. Like it just looks so. The air unit and the Bouncy. gap at the back looks so excessive. It just yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm glad to say that we can all agree that this is deserving of the double down this week. But moving on to something a little bit more positive, um, the sleeper pick of the week, a, a shoe that we think is going to fly a little bit under the radar. This week I've gone for something that I wouldn't normally pick, but I really like the colorway of this particular shoe, and this is the Adidas Paradigm Gazelle A D V, 
which is coming out on the 17th of December for a recommended retail price of a more appropriate £90. We're going away from the £405 uh, price tag and we're, we're venturing to, to, to a much more respectable price of, like I said, £90. Um, the shoe itself is essentially a an all-black gazelle, which gazelle, timeless silhouette, um, black leather upper, black um, midsole, um, with some really, really nice hits of purple branding. Um, on the outside of the shoe, towards the kind of uh, heel of the shoe, you have Adidas Gazelle in purple. The outsole is purple. Um, the heel, um, I do believe, has the purple trefoil. Um, and if you look on the tongue, there is uh, a, a kind of additional bra uh, additional um, uh, branding that says spread light leave no trace life before and then adidas and paradigm logos on the shoe now the shoe itself is basically designed um to be a um, eco-friendly shoe um the shoe itself is made of a combination of materials um including um it says on the, the adidas website this product is made with prime blue a high performance recycled material made in part with Parlay Ocean Plastic. 50% of the upper is textile. 75% of the textile is prime blue yarn. Um, and there is no virgin polyester. So the shoe itself is doing good for the planet. It just looks very, very sleek. This is the perfect kind of winter shoe in my eyes. Um, and like I said, that purple and blue combination just looks very, very um, good. Uh Normally, I'd pass over to Archie for this one, but seeing as Scott, this is more of kind of like a terrace-esque shoe, and your ba uh, your background is terrace Adidas shoes. What are your thoughts on the Paradigm Gazelle? Meh. 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 Very meh. I'm not. Yeah. Oh. I'm, you know what? I'm. I'm very. I'm a bit hit and miss with the Gazelle. Um, I love a suede Gazelle. I think you know there was a time when. You know, especially around um, in sixth form, like everybody seemed to be wearing gazelles. Um, everybody had different colours on, and yeah, I think I thought they looked great. Um, the leather ones, I'm always a bit hit and miss with the leather. I think it can make a shoe look really good, or it can make it look a, just a bit school shoeish. And I think this is more down that line. Um, okay. And I'm not gonna lie, I just feel like there's just not much to it, is there? I know it's all about sustainability and that, but. Adidas has been very good in, like I say, using this prime blue material um, in a lot of their things. If you look at their clothing lines and everything, most of their stuff is um, using prime blue um, stuff. And, you know, I'm looking at the clothing and stuff they've done with it. It's all down that similar route. It's just kind of, you know, purple, blue, black, whatever. Um, apart from the jersey top, which is a beautiful like purple and teal like pattern top and i just feel like they could have used that pattern on other things otherwise it's just kind of a bit of a dull shoe and clothing range it's just a bit like i wouldn't know if if somebody just pulled up in another pair of leather gazelles i wouldn't really see the difference it's just no that makes sense yeah that makes sense. Um, i suppose that's probably pricey part of as it. well I think that's probably part of. Well, I mean, I think a lot of these eco-friendly materials. I mean, to make something eco-friendly yeah. isn't cheap, so that in itself is going to cost. I think that's kind of why I like it as a sleeper pick, you know, because it is one of those things. That it's like actually, 
you can wear this thinking that you're being economically conscious um, or conscious of the environment. Um, but like you said, it is just you could wear this with literally anything, especially in the winter. You could throw this on with any outfit and it's probably going to look all right. But Archie, what are your thoughts on this? I, like I said, I, I, I can appreciate what Scott has said, that it is, uh, it's not exactly screaming out as the most flashy shoe. Um, but what do you think about this shoe? Yeah, it's not for me. Not feeling it? <laughs> nah. Um, all black leather shoes, really, not really my kind of thing. Like Scott said, I think the suede looks really good. I think uh, black suede looks good on pretty much any shoe, to be honest. It just looks really nice and clean. But this is just giving me kind of, I've forgotten my shoes in PE. <laughs> I'm going to have to borrow a pair of plimsolls. Yeah. This is giving me primary school plimsoll vibes. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of this one. I mean, I'm but not, I do I'm like the model, it. even though I, I wouldn't wear it. I do like the gazelle, but just not this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to argue it. I, I like I said, black shoes, uh, all black shoes like this, especially black leather shoes, and especially something like a, a black leather Air Max ninety, for example, is very different to a black leather gazelle. Like you said, with that kind of flat sole, low profile Adidas shoe, it is kind of venturing more towards the. I would be if I was in secondary school right now and I saw this, I'd be a hundred percent rocking this to try and get like get away with these instead of school shoes. But like, I don't know, I just saw them, I thought, I just quite like, I, I quite like just the, the black and purple. The colour's just kind of, nice. It's funny with the, like a shoe like the Gazelle because we complain, especially in this country, of like suede is just an absolute bitch to keep clean, you know, especially this time of year. And when they do the light, bright coloured suede, um, yeah, they kind of get run down quite easily. But at the same time, when they try and do something like this and turn it into leather, just doesn't work it just doesn't quite work the same so well, it's, like it's just a, one it's of like these like a leather 990 isn't it and like, i know it's obviously they're different silhouettes but if you saw a leather 990 they're not quite as nice nah. as a gray suede 990 like there's certain shoes that just look better in suede and there are certain shoes that just look better in leather so no i i do completely get it i completely get it i mean i'm gonna say Two out of three ain't a bad run is it like not being funny we both agree that we we all agree sorry that we like the quando we all agree yeah. that we absolutely dislike um, the test, in fact, I would say, personally for me. The price tag of the Zoom 004 plus the shoe itself. And I, I'm, I'm the only one that's into these gazelles, but I'll take that. Um, Archie, mate, you've almost actually made it to the end of the podcast. I feel as if you've got away with uh, everything pretty pretty decent all things considering like i said normally by this time time we've scared our guests off but there is one more challenge that is in front of you archie and that is a game that we like to call the rotation game So, Archie, we will move on to the rotation game in a moment i have just realized that i've completely forgot to mention um, our good friends, uh, Mike and Alex, um, from the previous segment. Um, I'm really sorry. We've been doing it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I don't know. I've just dropped the ball here, Mike. I'm really sorry. Um, I'm really sorry. But just to reiterate, uh, the previous segment, Double Up, Double Down, um, is in connection with uh, at tidy underscore tie-dye. If there are any of the shoes that you liked from the previous segment uh, and are looking to pick up yourself this week, make sure you head over to their Instagram page and check out the plethora of coloured uh, socks that they sell. There's block colours, there are tie-dyes, there are bleach dyes and everything in between. So uh, yeah, make sure that you go and check out Mike and Alex at tidy underscore tie-dye. Um, and you can also find that on the Sneak Supply website. But Archie, 
back to the challenge that is at hand, and that is the rotation game. For anyone that is listening to this segment and has no idea uh, what we're about to do, um, the rotation game, Archie, is a guest game segment that we like to do every time we have a new guest. And what we basically do is a deep dive of our guest's Instagram. And we normally take out 10 shoes that they have pictured on their Instagram page, and we put them into a series of 1v1 battles for you to then come up with your five-day rotation. Now, obviously, for yourself, Archie, with your Instagram, page um the only shoes that you have pictures of are the shoes that you have put together artwork for so that's exactly what we are doing today for today's rotation game what i have actually done is not necessarily going through your instagram page but i've gone through the more prime instagram page and i've plucked out 10 shoes that i assume you have put together designs for some of them i can't guarantee that you have put designs for but i'm sure you're aware of what these shoes are based on the design and i've put them in a series of 1v1 battles and you are going to come up with a five-day rotation are you uh happy with the rules of the game archie yep like you said um there is a few designers of more primes so i can't promise they're all by me but yeah, that, not, that's, I've been under I, I wasn't. I, I, I wasn't about to, to start sending you the one. That will ruin the surprise of the game and be like, "Did you do this one? And did you do that one?" And so I was like, "You know <laughs> yeah. what? If it's on the more prime, if it's on the more prime Instagram page, there is a possibility that you had a hand in it. And your team more prime anyway. So surely, I mean, th- th- their work is your work and vice versa. So, anyways, the first two shoes that we are going to put together are two shoes from that are collaborations with brands um, that are. Very very heavily UK based brands that we absolutely love here at the Doubled Up podcast um, and two shoes that we absolutely love at the Doubled Up podcast. So, Scott, you might even find this one a tricky one if you were doing this one. We have the Size Times Nike Lunar Air 180 versus the Foot Patrol Times Adidas EQT 93. Right. Archie, which one are you going for? Are you? I mean, first of all, did you do the the, the artwork for these two shoes, or have I just named two shoes that you're thinking? <laughs> Shit, I have no idea what they are. I think maybe the latter. But, um... <laughs> the first one, right off the bat. Uh, uh, as soon as you, as soon as I heard you go right, I was like, I don't think he's done these. Fuck. <laughs> no, I had to quickly Google one of the pairs there. That's why. Uh, <laughs> A little right, just to stall a little bit. But I think I'll go with the 180. I just prefer the model. I don't prefer the colours. prefer the colours on the EQT, but uh, I like the 180 more as a model. I mean, these are two shoes. I I, I have the EQT. I was the first person to to buy the EQT from the the Foot Patrol store when they dropped in the store. I was right at the beginning of that queue, the the queue of three people that were trying to buy uh, Foot Patrol nine EQT 93s <laughs> on the day of release. Um, but uh, no, very very nice shoe, and I'm recently got into a big uh, Air Max 180 kick. So both of these shoes. Absolutely fantastic in my eyes. So, first shoe is like I said, the the size Nike Lunar Air One Eighty. Um, all right, then we are moving on. We are going to next round two. We have the ASAP Nast Times Reebok Zig Kinetica Edge Two. It's a bit of a mouthful. Uh, versus the Nike Air Max Ninety Five Endestruct in the neon colorway. These are actually right next to each other on the More Prime Instagram page. <laughs> so if you have no idea what we're talking about, oh. uh, they are right next to each other. They're both. I'm, I'm familiar with those. Okay, they're, they're pretty recent. Yeah. So. <laughs> so which one are we going for? Um, 
See, it's a tough one because I don't like the Reebok. I don't, just don't like it. <laughs> um, it looks a bit too much like a mounted shoe for me. Yeah. 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 But I don't particularly love the Indestructible. Do you do feel you, like? Yeah. Did you kind of? You thought they murdered the '95? Yeah, they kind of butchered <laughs> a great shoe. But I'll go with the Indestruct purely on colorway reasons. Not because it's a better shoe, just because it's a better color. No, I, I tell you what, I, I deliberately put these two shoes together because whenever we do this game, I always realize that I try and put like two really, really good shoes next to each other. And I was flicking through and I was like, they're both similar shoes because they're big, bulky shoes that are kind of a little bit different. And I thought, I'm just going to throw two weird looking shoes next to each other and see which one you pick for. So we're going with the Nike Air Max 95 Indestruct, which we said some some rather nasty words about when it first came out because yeah we, we stand by them yes but uh nonetheless it's in your five-day rotation archie so i'm ever so <laughs> sorry about that um <laughs> uh next uh next we are going for the battle of new balance and these are two of the biggest new balance uh releases of 2021 uh, we have the bodega times new balance 990 v3 versus the Salehi Bembry 2002 R Water Be The Guide. Oh, big shoes. I actually like both these pairs. Um, I had to make up for it for the shit shoe that you've just included. Yeah, we wanted to change. Um, (laughs) Oh, I will go with the Salehi Bembrys. I'd say they're neck and neck, in my opinion, but I like what Salehi's doing. Um... So I'll go with them just for him. That is tight, <sighs> tight. Friend of the podcast, Ryan. That being said, be, I don't think I'll ever wear them. A good friend of the podcast, Ryan's going to be very happy that you uh, that you said that because <laughs> he is firm in saying that that Salehi Bembry 2002 R is the best shoe of 2021. He he will, like I said, he will fight anyone in the street that says otherwise. He thinks that is yeah. the best shoe of the year so far. Um, you know what? I'd, I'd take the Bodega. Um, like it. But I've, those shoes are both phenomenal. But oh man, they're so good for different reasons. That's the thing. Well, luckily you're not playing, mate. It's not your five day rotation. I know. I know but I, know. Uh, so, I, just wanted, I just wanted to fight Ryan, to be honest. <laughs> Uh, so round three is the Salehi Bembry 2002 uh, what will be the guides moving on to round four um, actually these were I had to scroll down a little bit through the more uh, more prime page here so you might have to get Google ready mate Um, we have the uh, (laughs) end times ASICS gel light three in the wasabi colorway um, oh, I made that one actually. There we go. Didn't that have to Google made... that one. Didn't have to Google Sword. that one. Uh, versus the Amy Leondor times New Balance nine nine seven in the Canary Yellow slash Yellow Tongue. Um, that's the Wasabi's all day long for me. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't, I just didn't I like the colorway. I'm a fan of green. Um, yeah, I just think it's a clean shoe. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one for me. I mean, I am more of a fan of of New Balance and, and Amy Leondor. Um, but I would say out of the two colorways, the wasabi, like with the greens and the the, the pinks and or kind of the more peachy colors and, and things like that, that colorway on the wasabi is just absolutely beautiful. So, yeah. And also the wasabi um, came with chopsticks. So, yeah, yep. you can't. That yeah. helps. It, we love an extra. We love an extra. So, uh, yeah, as much as I, my allegiance is normally with Amy Leon Dore and New Balance, I probably have to agree with you. I very much like that Wasabi um, Gel Light 3. Um, so, moving on to our final round, um, Archie. Uh, seeing as 
We started this game with a size versus foot patrol round. We are ending this game with another size versus foot patrol round. Uh, we have the size times Nike Air Safari. Right, I know those. I'll make that one as well. Versus the foot patrol times Nike Air Max 95 110. Um, um, I'll go with the foot patrols because I'd be more likely to wear them. I think this the safari is iconic. I think it's cool in its own right, but it's just something I would never wear. Whereas the ninety fives, I could definitely see see me rocking those. I was as soon as you said earlier that you're an Air Max guy and you like a clumpy shoe. It was I, I kind of I, I prepared these obviously in advance to us kind of having these conversations. Yeah. And as soon as you said you like an Air Max, you like a clumpy shoe, you like a ninety five. I was like, well, I know what you're picking on that one. I know what you're picking on that one. <laughs> so uh, no, a hundred percent. I love that Foot Patrol um, ninety five. Again, when this actually came out. Um, last year, that was just before um, I remember. Well, realised that I was an idiot for basically neglecting the '95 for so many years. Um, so I'd already missed the boat by the time this shoe came out. But it's definitely one if I could grab a pair for 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 retail. I definitely would love to grab a pair of these, especially seeing as retail was £110, so it's cheaper than a normal Air Max 95. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I definitely love this shoe. All right, then, Archie, well, I'm just going to quickly read back to you what your five-day rotation is. We are starting with the size times Nike Luna Air 180, the Nike Air Max 95 Indestruct in the neon colorway, the Salehi Benbury 2002R Waterby the Guide, the End times Asics Gel Light 3 Wasabi, and the Foot Patrol times Nike Air Max 95 110. There are a couple of things i'm taking away from this rotation archie first of all you are going to have a very very comfy week uh second of all you better hope it doesn't rain because everything is suede um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean to be fair if it does rain you can just throw the indestructs on because it don't really matter if they get fucked up does it but luckily we're working from home at the minute so there we go there we go no um, they're all glorified house slippers anyways aren't they let's be honest <laughs> uh, well archie that does bring us to the end of your time with the doubled up podcast um, i just want to say thank you very much for taking the time for for chatting with us um, it was a cool conversation i hope you enjoyed it mate but um I'm just going to close the episode out if that is okay with the two of you. So thank you for listening to the Doubled Up podcast. Remember, if you like this episode, leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family. Make sure you follow at Doubled Up Podcast on Instagram and use hashtag Doubled Up Pods to be featured on the Instagram page. You can also find me, Matt, at SWSneakers underscore on Instagram. Scott, tell the listeners where they can find you. You can find me at underscore sneaker teacher. And Archie, we're rolling the red carpet out for you, mate. Tell the listeners where they can find you and any of your work. Um, JPEGArchie.com, JPEGArchie on Instagram, and more, at Morebrum on Instagram are the main ones. Thank you very much, guys. Speak to you next time. Goodbye. See ya. See ya.